Episode 32 of Guns, Guitars, and Barbells, Two Tools Talking About Three Tools. I'm Josh Thompson. And I am Colton Morrow Merrill. Colton, hey, it's time for an ad read. Is it? For our favorite sponsor, our Birdies favorite? and Brews. Birdies and Brews? <laughs> Tell me a little bit about Birdies oh, and Brews. Oh, I know a little bit about Let Birdies and Brews. Let the people know, bro. All right. You can go there, relax, and play some golf. Oh, my you, They gosh. have up to 70 premier courses from Pebble Beach, Old St. Andrews, or Whistling Straits on their... And they have three bays where oh, you okay. of yeah. uh, simulators where they can have all of those. Um, or you can work on your short game while playing party games like cornhole, beer pong, or darts on the simulators as well. Wow. You're kind of getting the best of both worlds. There's a cool bar vibe about it yeah, where you can yeah. go have fun, hang out with your friends. And then there's also, if you really want to you know, work on your golf game, it's a great place to do that as well. Wow. Sounds but, like it's only logical to go there. But you know what? You know what's been getting me down lately is... Dude, I I go to the coffee shop. I spend five dollars for a coffee. I'm like, oh, I'm down five dollars. Down five dollars. Down five dollars. I go to the gas station. You know, your boy wants a cheese stick and an energy drink. You're down five dollars. Down five dollars. How are but you, you know save what? That five dollars. You go to Birdies and Brews and you use code GGB for one hour, or for five dollars yeah, off. Yeah, you get five dollars per one hour session. Yeah, that's amazing. It's amazing. Save so, money, uh, live happy, birdies and brews. Live happy. And tonight we have Tyler Conner of Birdies and Brews. And uh, let's get into it. Stand on the box, stomp your feet, stop clapping, got a real good feeling. Oh, And we've got Tyler, my gnome from uh, he's a, a friend of the show. Friend of the show. Welcome back, back Tyler. Yeah, thanks for Welcome having me. Welcome back to GGB. How um, are you? How have you been doing? It's been crazy. It's been really good. Yeah. Uh, good. This has been uh, kind of taken off. Um, so that's amazing. Like a lot of cool little developments. We've had some interest, like probably over the last uh, month, maybe two months, um, of a lot of people wanting to do franchises, and so. We're currently going through, I've been on the phone with just lawyers like all yeah. week, like trying to get all everything nailed down to make it franchise ready. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to get like all of those kind of ducks in a row through this summer and then hopefully putting up a few more locations by the end of this year. A few so, more locations. Awesome. Where at, do so, you think? Uh, if it, I mean, if it yeah, I mean, it could all fall through like tomorrow. Yeah, that's you know? true. It's like one of those things. But, uh, <laughs> right now we have interest in uh, Grand Island. Columbus, and then our own interest of going like opening an organic location in Brandon. Organic location. What so that, that would be like I, we own it. Like it's not a franchise, uh, like a franchise relationship. It would be like run, owned, and operated by myself and my partners. Holy cow! So you'll be managing. I mean, you're already kind of swamped with the place you got. How are you going to manage too? Well, it's starting to. It's it, it's loosening up now with with summer as well. Um, now that everybody's kind of getting a chance to flock back out to the right, courses, right. it's that, that slow time we expected, um, but it's, it's entering that time, so it's, it's a great mm-hmm. time to plan and, and build for the future. You know? Right, that's nice. fair. So, Will you be able to manage it remotely from Carnier, or is one of you going to have to like move out there? Yeah, so Ronnie would slip into like an area manager role, um, so oh, okay. locations in that way, so there would be a boots on the ground you know, manager there at each location, but then he would have a, an overall 
spend time on a weekly basis on the YouTube channel. Oh, okay. Okay, so he's going to bounce around a lot. We can make it work, bit. yeah. you got to delegate. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'm, that's <laughs> awesome for like, you guys. Exponentially kind of grow and expand, then you got to delegate. Is there, is, there, is there kind of a time span as to when you want to get all this done? Or? No, I mean, honestly, we're already way, way ahead of what I thought to begin with. Like, it, franchising enough. was in my three to five year plan, not my less than one year. So, like, it, it's <laughs> more of a strike while it's hot kind of thing or take advantage of the opportunity while it's there. Yeah. It absolutely wasn't in my initial card. So, that's why it, it's going to take me this whole summer. You know, I can't be ready by maybe this next cycle. It would be great mm-hmm. to be able to be already and have someone be able to open locations by October. Yeah. But that's probably a few too many legal hurdles to get everything done. Because even just the right. move to go from like a mom and pop small business to a franchise is just, it's a shit storm of like legal articulation. Like the, just to, to, to take every single screw from that building and write it down in a plan for other right. people to then multiply. Mm-hmm. Like from beginning to end. From site selection to business plan to to model like your your numbers. I mean, every little detail. What type of you know like what type of furniture do you want to have? What type of drinks do they have the autonomy to raise their drink price, or are they bound to the drink prices we do? Do Mm -hmm. they have you know like there's limitations and and just a whole bunch of stuff that you get into. You get into territories. You get into it's a whole box that like I had intended to open. I'm just wow. we're 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 opening it uh, just a little sooner because mm-hmm. uh, we feel like the time's gonna be right. So, yeah, do you feel overwhelmed at all? Holy cow! Yeah, there's definitely days uh, where that that happens, but I mean, also it's just you know, life. Like yeah. I put it all myself. Sure. Like I can't Fair you know enough. I can't feel bad for myself. I'm not gonna throw a pity party because I'm fucking busy. It's like I just have a lot of things going on. Um, I also know that's like a function. I wanted to retire early. Like, even my four-year-old daughter, she's like, are you retired yet? Like, she asked me all the time because, like, I've told her I want to retire early. Yeah. But if I'm going to do that, then I have to work, like, super hard now. You know, like, you got to be crazy for the next 10 minutes or 10 years if you want to be out before you're 50 kind of thing. So That makes sense. Right now is that, like, crazy time for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is crazy. Just go and get it. So I kind of want to talk about uh, your locations. Um so I remember in the last podcast, you were telling us about how the reason why you kind of hopped on the Birdies and Brews train is because it was kind of a safe move because there was no other competition in Carney. Yeah. It was kind of a safe move, right? Now, franchising and adding locations and everything, I feel like is might be a little bit more risky because there's more competition out there. How do you kind of decide where you're going to put things? Yeah. Like site locations, how do you decide that? We still had based our top 10 locations off of competition and population mm-hmm. and so we kind of you can go through a list of nebraska and, and figure that out pretty quickly and since our last podcast there's actually sort of been a new entrant to the market especially here in nebraska x golf um just built one in omaha right next to top golf oh and they really would be like the very clean and polished version of what like we are you know like they okay. are like the kind of big money version like you would probably need like three three and a quarter times like the capital to start up the next golf than you would than what we needed to Holy do cow. our birdies but so then we get into like okay so are we going to have to compete i'm sure whoever bought that uh, omaha location bought lincoln as a territory as well or nebraska as a territory because there's a hundred different x golfs across the u.s okay that's the first one in nebraska 
So there's already going to be on golf there. So now things are kind of heating up in Omaha. Yeah. Um, as far as site selection go, that's like, I feel like it's a weird, like hot, unknown race right now is who can get the first one into Lincoln. Because I mm. feel like Lincoln has a better demographic, a better market. Mm. Um, I, I, the, you go on the south side, you don't even try and battle the rail yard. You don't try and battle downtown. No one takes their fucking clubs downtown to go bar hopping. <laughs> right. And has their clubs on. It's yeah. Just like, it's That's not fair. the right thing, you know. It, like, yeah. People yeah. will go to it, but not in that atmosphere. Mm. Um, and so I think that it's like a, kind of a hot ticket. Like, who's going to get to Lincoln first? And so that's a major priority of mine is what do I need to do to get into Lincoln as soon as possible? And that's why you're talking to all the lawyers. That's why you're yeah. working endless hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a year. That's so crazy. I man. would love to be there by the end of this year. Yeah. Um, uh, like in January uh, of 23 is like super aggressive. Um, I, if I could do it, I would. Um, but we'll, we'll kind of see. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. fr- we, we have to flesh out this franchising um, thing through the summer. And that's going to take a lot of bandwidth. It's just, but it's good for us in the long term. So we, yeah, we have to take that next step. But to your point, we yeah. are, I can't just stay in Carney forever. You, know, you can't expand and you can't just not compete and get big. Like eventually you have to get to the table and compete with the other people. So now as we kind of begin this franchising, it's a chance to really write down our personality. And it's a chance for me to kind of reflect on what makes us different. What's our differentiators between us and x Well, you know, it makes you different too. And that's what I've had kind of a chance, and like there's there's a few different things um, that I feel strongly about that makes us different. The, the main thing that I feel like really, really separates us is our space is prone to venue, which is not the same for X Golf or even Beyond Golf. Now, they work and they have parties, but it's not the same kind of party. They don't have a, mm-hmm. a party space, so they don't get the same wedding receptions or, or bachelor parties, they don't, they, they don't, like, they don't go all out. Like, we will have private parties and shut the whole place down. Yeah. And that has been really That's big huge, problem. actually. Uh, I, like, I know Beard of Buffalo, in their best year, they did uh, 14 parties. And we've done almost 30 now. And oh, I know geez. we have another, like, probably 10 on the books through July. Like, we're wedding oh my rehearsal gosh. dinners. Mm-hmm. Like, like, there's oh, all sorts of weird... Every little private party you can imagine. We're turning 40. We had a master's party. Um, these, this guy had 12 of his friends in, and, and he bought five hours of birdies. <laughs> so he, he spent 750 bucks just to watch the masters with his friends. You know, like before wow. they, like before it even started, like before they even bought a drink. And it's it's parties like that um, that I think that we really lean into and, and chase and go after. We try to go after these like local businesses. Yeah. Um, I'll run a, a marketing plan by you guys later if you want because I've been kind of like sound walling it off people to see if it's like a, mm-hmm. a Oh, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so I've been trying to figure out a I want to hear this. I'm not like super big into marketing. Like I don't like <laughs> to spend a ton of money or effort on marketing. So I wanted to, I think you could do it in clever ways and get a better return. Mm-hmm. So what I want to do is like almost like a watered down, like a carny version of like a, like Dancing with the Stars where they have celebrities come on. And I want to do this where I send like a super formal, like maybe even a handmade like invitation where we send a official challenge to local celebrities or like people of higher status in Kearney, like right. Eunice, um, mm-hmm. doctors, realtors, people that have a lot of um, kind of pull in Kearney, mm-hmm. a lot of followers, even right. the Big Apple. 
you know, or challenge them to a scramble where they come and they come to birdies and then they just scramble golf against Lonnie and I. And if they want to do foursome, then our bartenders could hop in too. Mm-hmm. We would video it. And then I give them a chance to plug their business at the end um, and, and kind of just sit, put out like a little, you know, one to two minute video. The, you know, we might golf for two hours, but we just put out yeah. a little one, two minute video at yeah. the end, let them plug their thing and then go. And I wonder like if it would be a cool thing like i want people to feel like exclusive like i got invited like oh this sounds cool yeah. i don't mm-hmm. want it to be like cheesy or kind of gimmicky i don't right. want it to be like a thing where they blow it off so i'm still trying to figure the right way to implement it to that like deliver sense. the invites or the right way to, to have it when it's there like what kind of a viewing party right. do you want to have it set up as um but i want to challenge like big apple not really because no offense to Big Apple, I've been there a ton of times, but it's not because I love Big Apple. It's because they have like four times the social media followers that I do. Mm-hmm. Just by interacting with them for a week, building up and leading to the release of the followers. video, yeah. we'll gain yeah. some cross-action that way. Yeah. And I, so I want to do it for just a basic social media grift like that. But then I also think like intimately it gives me two hours to network with some like really important people who wouldn't give a shit about me otherwise. They wouldn't even yeah. know who I am when we were walking out around Carney. Mm-hmm. But now, two hours, they might know me the next year or the next time around or yeah. whatever. So I, like, I think we can market and gain followers. We can get people in there that wouldn't be. And then just very selfishly, I feel like it would help with the network. Yeah, it's, it's actually sounds like a pretty good plan. It's just going to come down to like, how you execute, um, how you execute sending out those invites, how you execute making them feel special about coming, because no. it really just comes down to who's going to show up. Yeah, that's what that's what it comes down to. And that's I think I have to start like maybe pick, like kind of cherry pick the first five that makes and do sense. it with yeah. people that would have, that are popular in the community, but I know would do it, and I, or I know would give me before I go after you know like Eunice, before I go after these like big fish, but. I also want to use it a chance, like to shoot my shot. Like it's a, yeah. it's a chance to put myself out there yeah. and like go after these kind of bigger ones. Um, and Lonnie and I, we're not PGA golfers, <laughs> so it would be a very approachable environment. It right. wouldn't mm-hmm. be like they come and get spanked by us. Like it, it, you know, they can bring whoever they want from their company. They can pick the best golfers. I think it could turn into a cool thing. Yeah, I'm still and workshopping it. So. We should uh, we should invite Carney CrossFit to uh, go there. I work there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, that's why. Okay, yeah. You'll see me there. Yeah, there you go. You'll see me there. It sounds like a good marketing plan because, no, like, worst is. case scenario, like you you play golf. Mm. Like that's true. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's like, and it would be on us. It's not like they have to come pay for it. It's, just, it's yeah. more or less just to get them in there, do yeah. kind of an event. You know, like have, like I would love to have a viewing party because we had a viewing party for our finals of our uh, tournament. That was probably the coolest atmosphere that we've had in birdies and it wasn't because there was a ton of people and it wasn't like the music it was because it was really good golf mm-hmm. yeah. and there was a lot of people watching it and like cheering it on and we've never had that where you have like 10 people just watching like oh mm-hmm. and like you know when the putt the putt goes in and it's like whoa you know, like, <laughs> it was uh or when we did the long uh drive competition and tyke arnold or uh uh, Ty Kojal was just smashing balls, you know. Yeah, like, Ty Kojal was there. Yeah, he won, cool. the, he won the long drive. Uh, he put, hit it like I believe it. Yeah. yeah, I believe it. Yeah, yeah he's there was huge. like thirty people around his bay, just like whoa, you know. And it was <laughs> it was really cool to sit back yeah. and just be a little fly on the wall, kind of like watch people enjoying 
my space like that because it, w it was like an unintended thing. I didn't know that we would have this kind of fun, competitive like nature. It, yeah. You know, it was just it's like a social bar. Yeah. But when we mm -hmm. had that environment, it was very cool to like have people who like watching you. Yeah, that's so. cool. So we were talking a little bit about um, how you're pretty heavy on the venues a little bit. Yeah. I had a question. Like, do you think that um, kind of what you're leaning on more for income, or do you think it's more of like who's going to rent out a couple hours to play some golf? Like, are you leaning more heavily on venues, oh, like, or so which would be the best revenue stream um, between? Yeah, uh, that's you basically. You pretty much question. have your three. You've got like open golfers. Mm -hmm. uh, you'd have league. Uh, your bar, I'm not counting, I'm just, yeah, the golf the bar streams, the bar, yeah. mm -hmm. um, league, by far and away, is the one that we want to push, okay. and the one that we want to have the most okay. pressure on, because that's the most consistent, and that is what allows us to do the other things. Okay. Um, our league that we had from January through, like, April, um, just finished up, we had, like, 46 teams, um, that, Jeez. having that many teams, already on every week's schedule like i don't have we don't have to go chase any tea times at all we don't have to wait for someone to just hope hopefully come in 46 spread out across the week like takes care of a lot of the like financial pressure and you can kind of go do other things so out of out of those three venues is great but league is still probably the most important i just think venues are it, it's an untouched um uh, like the other sim bars don't seem to focus on it as much as we seem Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Holy cow. The other biggest, just flat out biggest differentiator is food. We made a very conscious decision not to include food. Really? Because I feel like it, it, it makes a, we have a much leaner structure. So yeah. most places with food, like a restaurant's probably going to push like 10 to 15% margin. Like just a, their goal is probably 20 as a restaurant. Yeah. Um, golf sim bars though, like we, without food, we can be close to like, 50% margin. If we added mm, food, it sense. would really weigh us down as far as like what our what our margin is and what our return is. Yeah. And that's what's going to make us, I feel, more appealing to fran like potential franchisors. Mm -hmm. um, it, they they don't have to deal with the food. The food is it's so expensive and it just really kills your margin. It kills what you bring home. Colton's of course, you can make more money. Pizza. You can make you can make money selling chicken fingers. <laughs> you can make money selling pizza, but yeah. it costs a lot of money too. And done food for so long i just don't i don't care to get back no it's the same for me because like right now i'm the I like i've worked at and i and i do right now work at places that sell food and it's just it's it can be a real nightmare especially yeah. like if just things aren't like going well i worked for a ton of chain restaurants like i did yeah. i served and bartended for a decade and mm -hmm. i know like those walk-in just to get in a walk-in fridge in a freezer is like 50k just to store your food you know just if you do, like want to have basic ingredients mm -hmm. like right out the door most likely that that's not even any yeah. of your equipment or all the other yeah, stuff you need to prepare expensive. the food extra mm -hmm. people to prep the food come in early it's it's so much consideration for like a couple bucks a plate that you might yeah. make and huh. unless you're flipping it in volume like an Applebee's that gets 100, 200 tables yeah, a day. Unless you're a restaurant. Unless you can, like, you know, stand that. It, it's not, it's just not worth chasing it. I'd rather get a food truck. I'd rather uh -huh. have someone else do all the fucking dishes. I would rather, <laughs> like, I just don't want to deal with that. I'm like, <laughs> keep it simple and keep it lean. And that's, like, what we're trying to do. So right. that's yeah. what makes us different is I'm not even trying to chase the food. 
Well, you're, wanna... you're not burgers no. and brews and food. You know, you're no. just burgers and brews. That would make it like way riskier. And burgers. It, so. it seems like, I mean, I could not tell you how many people have said, oh, you guys need food. Oh, you should have food. Oh, there's no food. What are you guys going to do? Oh, if you had food, the summer wouldn't be so slow. Like, every single mm. armchair, like, businessman has said, like, you should do food. But uh, I'm consciously going away from it. But it. I don't think it's worth it. It's so much more riskier because people aren't coming there for that. It's yeah. I mean, I work. Yeah, beyond the health and safety stuff of it, like where there's risks there, there's risks mm-hmm. in taste, and it's just like you, you just I just don't want to deal with like oh they don't like your burger we got to get it cooked again and mm-hmm. like oh it, I I just I've done that and that and that opens Heard the door for your reputation to get hurt too. Yeah, like I don't want to get a bad review because like the fries weren't done right. Exactly. At a golf simulator place, like that's not my main revenue like getting people in there swinging the sticks is always going to make my business go more than mm-hmm. an extra beer or any extra shirt sales or mm-hmm. accessories like you can add all those you need a layering of offerings but like it's definitely not my focus my focus is getting people in there golfing and that's that yeah i like that that's really good and your justification for not having food is really smart i think just focus we'll on the see, simple I things. Be a, yeah. Out of business. In the yeah. <laughs> Your food is not what drives that place. I, I work at a country club, and sometimes we'll have a lot of people come play golf. Yeah. But sometimes, and then there, we'll have one or two like chefs on on the hour, but nobody orders food all day because that's not necessarily what they came for. So, it, yeah, it's way more risky. But that makes sense. Yeah. So Tyler, um, let's transition to what you wanted to talk about a little bit. Let's go. Oh with yeah. Crypto. yeah. All right. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> What's your questions? Yeah, what do you think of Dogecoin? What's your questions? I'm not, I, I don't believe in Dogecoin. Now, right, that's fair. I could consider buying it be only because Elon bought Twitter and he's, he's so heavy into it that it's bound to increase in value because of that. Yeah. But do I believe in it? It's like technical. Like, do I believe in any of the fundamentals of it? No. It's like it's a meme coin. It was designed as a meme coin. It says it in its white paper. We're a joke. It's a meme coin. Yeah, I can't take it serious, uh, but because one of the world's richest people takes it like as a joke, and it's become a serious joke. Like, yeah, it, I don't think it hurts anyone to have any, but like, I, I'm not. There's none in my portfolio. Not a smart investment choice. I would not recommend it, and uh, it's not what not what I get. For, so. All right, what crypto do you believe in then? Um, the more I, the longer time goes on, the more Bitcoin heavy I, I am. I think it's the sturdiest of all of them, okay. but at this moment, it's still not probably my biggest holding. My biggest would probably be VeChain, um, which is like supply chain and logistics, and then Ethereum and then Bitcoin after that. Okay, and correct me if I'm wrong, but does Bitcoin kind of have the? Does it go back before this? Was it kind of the first? Yeah, it, I mean, about? yeah, Bitcoin's the OG. It's yeah. a, it, there's um, you know it started. Do you know anything about like the? So, so no, tell us. Satoshi Nakamoto um, is like a pseudonym, so nobody knows who exactly created it. It's anonymous, but Satoshi Nakamoto is like the, the gnomer that got put on it. Um, and he created it in like 2010. Um, it's essentially he wanted to just have a peer-to-peer system where you could send money or you could perform a transaction with a third trustless party. Something that facilitates the transaction, but is not a bank, or somebody that needs to be trusted, it's just built into the like the core protocol of it that mm-hmm. this is what happens if A then B. Um, so two people could interact and trans like transmit um, 
some sort of monetary fund or an asset without the need of another party being involved. Okay. And that's like that's the, the idea. Core, the, the core of it is just peer-to-peer -peer trustless transaction. Okay. So how, how does like a cryptocurrency even start? Like how is it? Is it's so they operate like it's like cryptography, and they operate on a blockchain. And blockchain was like used like back in the day for like postal services and like things like that. And so essentially, like imagine you get information on this block, and you get information on this block, and they tie them together in a whole bunch of blocks of sequence. And now the way they tie them together is like let's say it's a, a number sequence. You'll have the first like divide these two blocks. Pretend these are squares. You got two squares right here. You divide it and you would have a one here and then a two here. Now your first block over here would be a two. It ties it to the block oh, previous, it's connected. the same block. And then you'd have a three. Now your next block would start with the three and then the four. So it always ties back into the previous block. So you cannot change your newest block without altering the entire chain. So that's why it's so difficult to make an error or to make um, like a, an illegitimate transaction on there. Because you can't manipulate it. messes with more than just that singular transaction. It's all a part of the blockchain. Oh. And on top of that, you have, like, Bitcoin's not even so much a coin as it is a network. It's, a, it's an asset network. So you have all these computers. Now, all of them are running that same transaction. They're all running to make sure it goes one, two, two, three, three, four. And so you, it, you can't corrupt that unless over, like, 51% of all of this network decides that it actually was one, two, two, three, four, three. You know, they flip the, yeah. they flip the last block. Mm -hmm. And there's no way to take uh, over like 51% of the network that is spread out crazily all across the world, everywhere. I mean, there's a Bitcoin um, mine up in uh, orbit. You know, like, you, you're never going to be able to take over 51% of the Bitcoin network. So that makes it safe? So that's then? what makes it, like, incorruptible. Because okay. you can't, like you can't uh, get everyone to agree. Like everyone has to agree because it's all on the same ledger. Every computer has their own ledger that runs every single transaction. And so that's how you end up with no mistakes. Wow. When you have millions of people running the exact same problems and they're all racing to run these same problems, then you, you end up with zero mistakes. Okay, so a question is hard to corrupt, obviously. So a little blockchain, I'm trying to understand this a little bit. So. Say you flip the last block and that's the only one you messed with. Wouldn't that change the order? Of None the of the other, other computers would agree with you. None of the other people running their minds and running their, um, running their nodes would, would agree with you. You'd be the only actor. You'd be one bad actor amongst a millions that say, no, that's not right. It actually went through four, not four, three. And so oh, you, okay. your, your transaction, it would not be processed. It would not be recorded on the ledger. And once it's all decided, everybody agrees, then it's on that ledger, and that ledger is immutable. You cannot go back in time and change any of the transactions. Everyone can look up every single transaction that's ever occurred on the Bitcoin network from now till back to 2010. Because wow. they're all recorded. Now, it doesn't say Tyler sent Josh a Bitcoin. It says 1x25 at sign, you know, it has like 34 characters transmitted, one Bitcoin to other 34 characters my wallet address to your wallet address so even though the transaction is recorded we're still anonymous because that oh, makes sense you can't yeah. go back and look now, people have been sense. like oh they figured it out some people have figured out whose wallet is whose and like there's people that uh, monitor they call them whales people that buy a 
was X amount. Like once you buy like a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin, it's like considered a whale, and that transaction gets alerted, and people like use that to trade with. They're like, oh wow, wow. somebody just took a billion dollars of Bitcoin off the exchange and they put it in their wallet. What would you take that as a sign of? If it went from the exchange to the wallet, how would you react to that transaction? Uh, I was surprised that they were able to take a billion dollars out of it. That's, that's <laughs> so a lot. What it would be, it's a sign of them holding on to that. They have no interest in trading that for a while. They're putting okay. it in their wallet. So that means it's a long-term buy. So that would tend to say the, the price is maybe going to go up, or at least that person thinks the price is going to go up because they no longer are keeping it on an exchange to trade. They're going to hold it. Oh, so when, okay. when money, when, when, when crypto leaves the exchanges and goes to the wallets, that's a sign that people are holding. When it goes from the wallets to the exchanges, they're preparing to sell. And so then you might see price action or pressure going down. So do you think cryptocurrency is a simple thing or is it complicated, do you think? Well, I think it's pretty simple what it represents. It's complicated to understand right now. Yeah. I think that that's definitely what's kept adoption slow, but I think that that's definitely increasing. Okay. Yeah, it has I think the UI right now is, is super clunky. Like, it, it is. It's hard for me to sort of sit here and tell you, okay, well, how do you get Bitcoin? Well, what is it? Like, do you know what it is? What would you describe Bitcoin as? Uh, a viral currency, I don't know. It's just like, it's out in space, you can just treat think it like it, money. Think of it as a, it, uh, a, I think of it as a digital asset. A digital asset. It's okay. a digital asset, and it's got the most optionality of any asset ever known to man. So what do I mean by that? House is an, is an asset, right? Yeah. What sort of options do you have with that house? Can you take it with you? Can you go on an airplane trip with you? Can no. you take it to France? Can you can you spend it at, at, at the Diamond Pack? Can you can is it easy to separate the quantities of money that you have invested in this house and use some of that money, but not? Or is that money sort of tied up in a fairly average long-term thing? Like it's a low-frequency buy. Like right. these houses move on a frequency of maybe five to ten years, where people spend cash on a, a much quicker. Yeah, I, I think the only, I, the way I see it kind of, the only flawed logic with that would be like, I feel like owning a property is a little bit, you know, safer than owning a Bitcoin because I mean, that fluctuates. It goes up and down like crazy. Owning a property is, I feel like. You don't think it's gone up like crazy? It has gone up like crazy. Do you think it'll owning a property. Like, like Bitcoin though? Sure. You remember what? I just feel like how, many, how far are we removed from 2008 when houses tanked and people lost everything they owned? The, the, the city of Detroit is different now yeah, forever because true. of 2008 with houses. Yeah. So do you, not every house is a is a safe investment. But that is true. I I see Bitcoin as property and house as property. Like they are they are physical property. It's different, like, uh, you can get into, like, the difference between property or, or an asset, like, security. Security gets a little, like, we would get in the weeds and it would be a little hard to, like, explain that. But, like, the core of what a security is is, like, somebody can manipulate it. Bitcoin is not a security because it is out in the public. There is yeah. nobody that's in charge of it and nobody can, uh, nobody can put their thumb on the scale of what it is. Bitcoin huh. is just like a property where it rises in... in, 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 in lowers in demand based on what people want. Um, now, 
a security is more like other, like Dogecoin would be a security because the creators of Dogecoin, they can go in and they can change the supply. They can fundamentally alter the supply mm. based on what they want to do. Now, they might have to have a meeting. They may, Maybe they meet with the shareholders. They get people to agree with it. Then they go in and they say, okay, it's currently $26 billion, but we want to increase it to $56 billion. That just deflated everyone's by, by half. So that's a security because it's all under the custodianship of these 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 creators of Dogecoin. So securities are like any other stock, um, uh, like all all those stocks that you would normally buy are considered a security because that business. Um, let's say you buy Twitter stock, Twitter can go do with it what they want, irregardless of what what you want. You know, like you just have a stock in it, but like they are in charge of of, of Twitter and they can make moves that fundamentally change the value okay irregardless to you you cannot yeah. do that with bitcoin okay because so nobody nobody runs bitcoin right so would you even consider like dogecoin a cryptocurrency then since it's under control a lot of those are considered uh securities like okay. it's just sort of like it's it's fashionable to say that they're an altcoin or, or a cryptocurrency because they do operate with crypt like cryptography right but they don't use proof of work like the proof of work consensus, which is what Bitcoin uses, that's when you're mining and hashing. Like you have to put all this energy, all all in, like the the big Bitcoin mine on the outside of Carney. Right. Like, did you know? Like there was a, a prince of Dubai flew in on a private jet to Carney and just got a tour of this place like maybe a month ago, um, because <laughs> it's maybe ninety percent Arab owned. Like I even was at, like I was begging this tech to like give me more info on it. And he's like, it's all foreign, like big big foreign monies. Um, you yeah. know, nobody from around here is involved in that at all. Holy cow. Um, so, my mind's blown. It's, uh, Bitcoin is, is, is different. Uh, it, it's, it's fundamentally different. Um, and, and nothing has been able to, like, dethrone it. There's been right. thousands, literally thousands of coins that have came after that. But nothing is as simple, like, protocol-wise and to the point and as sturdy. So Bitcoin's the only true cryptocurrency then. Um, they're all cryptocurrencies. It would be maybe the only that would be like a true uh, asset or like property asset instead of security. So okay. like, uh, most of them would be under a security. Okay, that makes sense. Then. That makes sense. Holy cow! Did you grasp that? That's hard to grasp. Oh, I don't even grasp it. I feel like I'm. <laughs> yeah, you talk about like, it. Like, like, yeah. like, there's so much that I learn every day. So I don't want to. I should have prefaced this whole thing. Like, I'm just a crypto bro. Like, I'm a dumb guy, okay? Like, I'm just, like, a, an average guy. So, like, I'm not sitting here, like, as an authority. No one's inviting me to a conference. Like, I'm just a dude from Cardi that you guys ask about crypto. So, How did you learn all this stuff about I crypto? I commute, you know? I commute from Cardi to Grand Island every day. So, I have a couple hours where I can just, like, watch podcasts and all that. Oh, okay. So, like, that's where you come and It's one of those things where, like, it's a little, like, CrossFit or vegan, and it's like, oh, how do you know they do it? Because they fucking talk about it all day. You know? <laughs> like, oh, of course they're those. Yeah. Guys. You know, like kind of like it, your own little cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. like uh, it, it sort of dug a worm in me uh, about a year ago, and it's it's been there ever since. So, mm-hmm. wow, oh, that was impressive. I think I learned something. I did. If I can, I have, a, I have a question from the audience here. Bring it on. My, uh, so someone like me, I'm the audience. Oh, I was like, yeah, what? <laughs> Uh, someone like me who wants to invest and is interested in crypto a little bit but doesn't know that much, like what advice would you give me? 
yeah, start slow and learn what dollar cost averaging is. So you're never going to time the market. Everyone tries, they spend all the, they, they like stress about it, like, oh, it's going to go up, it's going to go down. Um, yes, it will go up and it will go down. So what I do is dollar cost average, and that means I buy every week regardless of the mm -hmm. price because I believe firmly over the long run it's going to go up. Yeah. So I don't try and catch these short-term peaks and valleys. I just buy. I buy every week, and I'm consistent about it. Um, I, I put into my 401k every week um, for crypto, and I, I make buys off the exchange every week for crypto. And that's like that's my savings. Like that, or not savings, but retirement. Plan. Like of course my wife and I have savings, but like that's my retirement plan. I used to have a 401k at like eight or ten percent. Uh, um, and I dropped that, I cut it in half, I do 4% through my work, and then I personally wield the other 4%, and I buy that amount of crypto every week, and then I take care of it. So, Holy cow. That's what I would do. I would learn about dollar cost averaging, and it, it changes a lot. If you, if you just think of it more uh, like, how do I get it? It seems super confusing. Think of it like a foreign uh, currency. So if you want a peso, or you want to go get a, a, a ruble or a, a rupee, you want to go to Bolivar, um, you need to, what do you do? You go, first thing, you go to the airport and you go to an exchange because that's where you can turn your American dollar into the peso or whatever you, whatever uh, current common denominator you're going to get. Um, it's just like that. Like the apps are, are an exchange. Instead of a, 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 like a kiosk at the airport, you download the app, Put on your American dollars, and then you decide what crypto you want to buy, and then you buy that, and then now it's it's holding. So like, let's say names will make it easier. I use Voyager. Voyager is an exchange. Now that's it's basically a marketplace. I can go on there. I've linked it to my bank account. So when I want to add fifty dollars, when I want to add a hundred dollars, I go boop boop boop, put fifty on. Now I have fifty on there. I can go buy fifty dollars worth of Bitcoin. Then it puts it on. Now that's still in the exchange. That Bitcoin, I own it. But it's on the exchange, so I'm still with like the whims of Voyager. Mm -hmm. Voyager has a maintenance update. I can't pull. That's that's not my Bitcoin. You know, I still don't own that. Like it's it's on that exchange, and so then you put it onto your own digital wallet through there if you want to hold it for the long term. Um, MetaMask is a very popular one. So if you just want to, if you want to go get Bitcoin tonight safely and, and wisely, I would get Voyager mm -hmm. and I would get MetaMask. I would look up how to, to run those two. Um, if you want, I'd be happy to like walk you through it, but you buy it on Holy the exchange, God. and then you can keep it there. I keep a lot of mine. I don't have mm -hmm. my full portfolio in my wallet. There are coins that I just trade, and I just hold them, and I kind of watch the values, and if I feel like I made 100 bucks, I might take that out and hold it and buy another coin or something. So I do trade actively and leave a lot on like this, uh, and I put a lot onto my, my wallet as well. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, uh, do you think like Venmo is a fine one? Like I see that you can do that. Yeah, it, so Venmo I think is okay, but it might, I need to look into that because I, I almost bought some on there too the other day. I someone that like sent me 20 bucks and I, I forgot about it. I was like, oh my God, I have that. Uh, let me just try it out. Yeah. But I think the, what they do is, I think it's similar to what Robinhood uh, does. And that's like, uh, it's, it's like Bitcoin paper. Like you don't own the Bitcoin uh, at all. Like you cannot withdraw or transfer, like if you buy it on Robinhood or Venmo, I don't think you can transfer that to your wallet. Like, they bought it, 
mm-hmm. and they wrote your name down on the paper. Like they do that with gold because like, like you don't always just buy an ounce of gold or whatever. Like you can yeah. buy like paper gold. Um, and I, I feel like I don't know enough about Venmo, but I think that they're doing that. Yeah. And that would be the only reason I would not do it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're gonna do it, do it so that you own the the asset. You know, yeah. do it on an exchange. Don't do it so you own it in a paper way. Right. And then uh, I mean, with like Robinhood, I when you said Robinhood, I immediately thought of uh, when that all when that all went down. Yeah. When, so my uh, dad used to have Ethereum and Bitcoin on Robinhood, and I finally got really? him talked off of that because he. You don't trust Robinhood. No, I hate it, and he was like. <laughs> He had it just because he was buying other like random stocks on there, and like I, I kind of got him into crypto, and then he started buying it on there. And then he got to where he had like quite a bit, and I was like, all right, Dad, you can't have this like on Robinhood. You need to sell and complete a sell transaction on Robinhood because it's just paper anyways, and then go over and actually purchase your Ethereum. And okay. He, probably, he has more Ethereum than me, I think. So. Yeah, jeez, he's going hard. He's going hard. He's going hard. <laughs> Well, I was impressive. That was a good little talk about. Oh, I'm sweaty. I feel like I talked yeah. in circles. And that was crazy. Nobody knows anything. I'm going to I'm gonna have to, like, I, <laughs> to listen to this like confused. three or four times to like grasp what just happened. Uh, Holy cow. I, I was, I am curious though. Like, are you, uh, I need some other questions. Do you yeah. think, well, this is a little related to that though, but it's, uh, do you think Dave Portnoy was like justified in his little, in his uh, little media run of bashing Robin Hood? Uh, if you know about that, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I'm on, I'm on board with that. Like that, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I don't think that Robin Hood was very ethical. I think that they, they, they were like when I said, oh, maybe they'll have a maintenance error. Robin mm-hmm. Hood was very famous for that, and very yeah, famous for that at that. the very worst times. Like, oh, when, like, uh, when Saturday Night Live was going and Musk was on there and that was like the peak of Doge and it hit up there in like the 69, 70 cents, like that night, Robin Hood was like shut down. They weren't allowing any any sales and they 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 cut their, their users' ability to sell. It could be, mm-hmm. they could buy, but they it's could never sell. And uh, that's why a lot of people were like, it's not your keys, it's not your, your crypto and like the keys are to your wallet. And so if you still have it on an exchange, it's not yours because Robin Hood could shut down, and they do at very inconvenient times, and they always like to say it's like they're onboarding new people or whatever, but it's like, it, it, it feels like manipulation, and it feels like they would be hemorrhaging money right. if a whole bunch of people just went on there and sold, so mm-hmm. they stop it, and they put a, they, they bar people out for six hours until after midnight or after 2 a.m., and, and the market calms down again or something. So what makes Voyager more safe than Robin because aren't they both exchanges? They're both uh, exchanges. Robinhood focuses on mainly uh, stocks and then a little bit of crypto. Okay. Voyager is only crypto. Only crypto. Okay. And that so makes sense. It, if you own it, like I can transfer out of Voyager, I can transfer my Bitcoin to my wallet. Oh. I, you cannot do that with uh, Robinhood. So those would be the two key differences. You got anything else for the man? I think it's really important you guys do it. I'll, that'll be my last thing, and then I'll That's let you just yeah, I'll try to not shit you. I think you should be spending like $10, $20, whatever you can afford a week, and buy Bitcoin. Okay. And I do not think you will regret it. There's a stat. No person who has bought and held Bitcoin for over four years has ever lost money. Really? Nobody. Wow. Well, you better do it. You better hop on it. I better hop on it. Um, you And you have invested... No, like not like actually 
okay. I messed around I with Dogecoin when it came out, and it was like a big. I did do that. I, mean, a little I bit. made money on up Dogecoin. Like I'm not gonna tell you not to go do it. Everybody should go try whatever you want to. But Just do play I think it has value? No, I don't. I do. I think it'll be a long term thing. Not, I think it's like kind of a pet toy. Okay. Of Alonzo. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I think we're ready to move into uh, one of our one of our segments here. Rapid so, fire uh, questions. No, no. Or oh my god, I forgot <laughs> Josh about forgot this about this. One. One. <laughs> I forgot. We, this is new one. It was imp- I implemented it in our last podcast. Let's hear it. So if you're gonna go on a you're gonna go on a canoe ride down the river and you get to it's a five person canoe and dead or alive fiction nonfiction characters celebrities people anybody get to uh, go on the canoe ride with you. So you get to choose four people to join you. We had some Mickey Mouse, so you can literally say whatever you want. Oh, yeah, no, it wasn't really Mickey. Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> Avatar. 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 Oh, man. Five people throughout history? Yeah, anybody. Anybody, yeah. Um, I like uh, Graham Hancock. He would uh, give me a lot okay. of perspective on that. On that. Um, do you know who he is? He's, uh, I didn't know well, of him. I couldn't tell he's you. He's the author. Rogan's had him on there before, so you can find him. Oh, that's okay. why. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Like, yeah. he's like an anthropologist. Like He's very into like, the pyramids and land force and all that. Kind okay. Probably Zach De La Roca, lead singer of Rage Against the Machine. Probably Danny Carey. Uh, from Tool, uh, everyone else would probably take uh, Maynard, but I like the drummer. So I, and he, you know, Danny Carey, he's, he's a cool he's dude. He's the best drummer I've, yeah. I've ever seen. Oh man, what do I got? Three? How many is that? Was that three? That was uh, that was three. three? You got one more. Yeah, because you're the fifth. Oh, I'm the fifth. Um, Queen Elizabeth, she's been around. I like a, like a female uh, combo, and like I just feel like she's seen a lot of shit, and she's like been through a long time. Like she took over as queen when she was like in her twenties. Like that's all she's ever known is just queen shit. Yeah. And uh, I feel like there's a lot of uh, she's got a lot of lot of knowledge. You can learn something from Queen Elizabeth. She'll teach you a few things. That's my canoe ride. How, that's yeah, a good dude, canoe that, ride. That's, 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 that's funny. I don't think... Uh, that's what we're looking for. Like, everyone a little diversity. would want to be in that canoe. <laughs> I'd try it for a little bit. I'd see what happens. I think Zach might be the first one to jump in, oh, that, into the river. But <laughs> Alright, so uh, next segment then. Rapid fire questions. Do you want to go first or do you want me to? Uh, I'll go first this time. Alright, go for it. Alright, Tyler. Beer or whiskey? Whiskey. Okay. Would you rather uh, be on a podcast or be in a music video? I'd rather be in a music video just because I, like, we did some really shitty ones as, like, Fat Stick, uh, my <laughs> like, but it wasn't, like, what I wanted to be, and, like, yeah. the, the band I was in uh, in Austin um, was just getting big enough to where, like, we were going to start doing that kind of stuff, but, like, they were, like, way more into the outfits and like makeup and oh, okay. like well we gotta look the certain way we got all like we're gonna be in this band like everyone's gotta be the same fucking thing like and I didn't like any of that kind of like style that they were doing and we just were starting to get to that like there was gonna be a music video and uh, I ended up cutting tail on, on, on that band and I, I moved out but 
um, that would uh, that would be kind of a fun bucket list thing. I've done a podcast okay, so now, music so a music video yeah. would be, uh, I just think it would be fun. Uh, I think I know the answer to this one after uh, your long talk, but cash or crypto? Yeah, crypto is going to be here much longer than cash will. Did you know cash has lost like almost all of its fucking buying power since 1971? No, I didn't know that. That's why I wrote the question down. I didn't know that. That's that's when they like parted from it was gold backed, and now it's not gold backed. Now it's fiat. And uh, fuck no, yeah, you're you're okay. So like they inflation. All right, now this is gonna be. You shouldn't have brought this up. Did I open up? (laughs) This one makes me mad. Okay, so the inflation's like what seven percent, and everyone says like, oh, that's bad. That's bad. Like, do you know like the damage that that does? Oh, year over year over year, seven percent since like the last hundred years. Like, uh, uh, it it absolutely will blow your mind to know what a dollar was worth in in the thirties, and, and how what that could get you then was what it could get you now. We all just sort yeah. of like chop it up to like, oh, that's inflation. Mm-hmm. But like, imagine it to be your your body. Now your body can have what like uh, ten liters of blood. And let's say you lose seven percent, and then so you just dying. lose seven percent. Like yeah. you, you're draining like your your blood just year over year over year, and you're having less with each time. It's not like you are replenishing that. This this dollar is not gaining. It's not adding red blood cells every time before the government decides to to add six trillion dollars into and, and deplete all of our money. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's a really big deal. Um, and that actually makes sense. Crypto, actually. Bitcoin does not have the same. It, it was literally built to handle high, like inflation time periods. It was built as a response to 2008. That's that's absolutely why people think of it as a hedge, uh, a hedge against inflation. It's better to put your money there in the long term, like a store of value. It's like gold 2.0. You hold your money there a long time. It's not going to lose its value over time as okay. the, the the dollar continues to inflate. Okay. Yeah. So, yes. so crypto. Sorry, yeah. I'm, no, you're good. That actually no, makes. I'm not going to do any more rants. I'm glad you said that. That makes a lot of sense. That one pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay. Real golf or simulation golf? Well, I actually am. I'm, I'm turning into a sim sim golfer. Really? You would no. be because of the digital I, thing. Yeah. I wasn't even like a real golfer before this. So like that. Like I wasn't the golf guy. Like yeah. and I told you guys that the last uh-huh. time. Like. That was never my thing. I'd maybe golfed 20 times before I had these babes and, and, and before we started this whole thing. And so I've golfed in there and I've golfed in there all like winter long. I've easily golfed in there four or five times more than I've ever golfed anywhere else. Holy and cow. I've went outside now a few times and I do like it, but I really like not having to chase my <laughs> balls and I really like not losing them and I really like the, the convenience factor of it. It's nice to go out on a cart sometimes, but like, it's nice to just sit there for an hour and just knock the balls out and get it all done mm-hmm. in an hour. So, all right, I'm uh, slowly turning sin. Yeah. Favorite podcast? Mm, I like Lance Lex Fridman a lot. Um, I would say he's probably one of my favorites. I was, I was I just listening to that. Yeah, he, he did a good one with Michael Saylor oh, um, yeah. not that long ago. If you really want to hear. Bitcoin, he gets into the weeds about that, but um, he's just so smart. He has such intelligent questions, and like you can just tell, like I get like mentally fatigued listening, but I can like 
I always admire how they are like they are active listeners, and that takes mm -hmm. a lot to like actively sit there and listen to like a guest, and then ask like an intelligent question based on what they just said. Mm -hmm. For you to be able to turn all your gears and then put it out there, Lex, I think that's does impressive. a really good job of done that. So, yeah, that's yeah. impressive. That's all mine, but that's he all yours. Yeah, so like, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's just smart. He has like the mental acuity yeah. to hang with these people. Like he can bring experts on and then ask them good questions. Yeah. So okay. that shows a lot about his. He, he recently had Rick Rubin on, and that was, uh, I mean, that was, I had no idea that Lex knew so much about music or was like able to yeah. grasp it that well. I guess he's a genius, but then that was. Rick Rubin's an interesting guy. That is, he might be the most interesting guy yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would give him it before that Dan Bilzerian or whoever he always tries to build himself as the most interesting. Oh Dan yeah, I'm Bilzerian. sure. But no, this guy you'll be interested in this kind of goes with the guitars in our podcast. But this guy produces for Josh that yeah. produces for Johnny Johnny Cash, Chili Peppers. Oh that's um, kinda cool actually. Yeah, Eminem he's, he's Beastie Boys, I think he started the Beastie famous, Boys. Yeah. yeah, just crazy. Just an old White dude with a big old beard. Yeah. Like. Um, we should get him on here, I think. Okay. We should. Yeah. Um, I do want to know, so you're in a band in Austin. Yeah. Do you have, like, a crazy story? Uh, that? Uh, one of our songs was, uh, so Mo, he, he was our singer, and he rapped, and he would do uh, 99 Problems, and then we would do that over the top of Killin' in the Name Of. So, like, we would play okay. Killin' huh. in the Name Of, um, the, the track and he would write, and it fucking works really good. Like okay. it's surprising how well it like plays out to the beat, um, mm -hmm. and that ended up being uh, that was like one of my you know like favorite yeah. ones to go. Um, as far as weird stories down there, I ended up jamming with a lot of people, just like trying to find, and it's awesome. So there's just like mm -hmm. random. So I have, like I could go on Craigslist and just like boot 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 and just play. And like yeah. I played with a guy that had like one uh, was like a, a dude with a saxophone and a clarinet. They asked for a drummer, and like I, you know, like I'm like a drummer. Like rock drummer, mm -hmm. you know, or like rock rap, and they were like, oh, so like you don't have any like uh, like brushes, you know, not like the sticks. We were hoping like maybe you'd play with like the brushes. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not like a. Yeah, like that. Man. No, you're not like that. But we ended up jamming, and like I had a really fun time. Like it was definitely music I'd never played with, and they and like when we got done, they were like. Wow, yeah, this is like this was like heavier than we're used to. We're not like used to that kind of but we had fun. Like you could tell, we all had fun. But like then it was like, all right, like when they didn't call me back, they were like they were trying to do that. Um, one time we played for like three hours, just me and like this other guy. And it was like our Austin's just like a weird place. Like they they turned this house, this old house, into like an art installation, mm -hmm. and uh, one of the like pieces they had just like a couple like a kind of an old drum set and like an old guitar and like an old bass and like people could like just kind of play and go and like there was art all everywhere else and yeah we just like sat and just like played like impromptu kind of stuff and just like jammed in type shit for a long time wow that's cool that was kind of fun like it was just cool. weird little things like that it wasn't i'm not like i wasn't famous i've never been famous i don't have yeah. like this cool fucking <laughs> yeah. story where you know like someone did something awesome but all right well yeah we're on here we'll get all right get into the rapid fire questions here Underrated or overrated? NFTs. Over. I used to think under. Um, I do think that they will come back with utility. Right now, mm -hmm. it's just sort of a picture of an ape, and like nobody necessarily understands it. They're like, mm -hmm. oh, why don't I just right click it? 
Um, mm -hmm. There's definitely a difference when you get into it because you own it like an asset. But yeah. I think there will be utility down the line for like sporting events, like uh, the tickets and being able to tell that like you own this ticket with 100% legitimacy and like you can get rid of scalping and things like that if you can purchase and buy tickets as an NFT. Um, I think it's really useful with music mm -hmm. because you can, you can make your money and your royalties in perpetuity. When anybody distributes your music, you will get paid. It's not like Interscope gets paid. You will get paid every time that music gets distributed. Every time. Uh -huh. Forever. No matter what. And you can put it, you get to build those terms as an artist. So I do think like Kings of Leon was the first band to do an NFT, mm -hmm. an audio NFT. Um, to release an album on that. Is it sort of a novelty as people figure this out? And was it sort of a hype mania? Yes. But will that like kind of retract and then find its way with utility? I think so. So mm -hmm. I don't think it's the last we've heard of them, but right yeah. now, hopefully. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, yay or nay, Elon Musk buying Twitter? Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, 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 Hell yeah. Mm. Uh, favorite tool song? Oh. Loaded question. Wait, you gave us. Yeah, no, I want to say the grudge. <laughs> I remember that. I would, yeah, I would say the grudge. Um, the grudge, then the pot, then eulogy, then like push it. Okay. Um, favorite golf course to play in real life, and favorite golf course to play, like at Birdies and Brews. Um. The favorite golf course I have played in real life, um, like so I, I didn't golf much, but mm -hmm. I did. I had buddies that did, and they took a, right. they took me to a nice one, uh, Wolf Creek, um, in Mesquite, Nevada. It's about an hour Ooh, outside of Vegas, Holy and God. it's like the ones like you look it up. It's like where you see those kind of step like uh, like sand mountains that are coming mm -hmm. out, and you just like see a little bit of green, and then you see these great big like kind of giant plateauy mountains that come out, and it was that course, and it was wow. just like. Stunning, but if you didn't hit the ball on the green on the grass, like if it hit the sand at all, it just was like poof. Yeah. It would just disappear into like I mean, it was just so fine <coughs> that really? the ball was just lost. So if you were off the green, it was lost. But it was beautiful, huge elevated tees. The cart path was insane. They had speed bumps on the cart path because it was so steep. Favorite one uh, at the Sims is Infamous 18. It's just a made-up course, and it's just got like some. It's just fucking hard. Um, like, it's fun to go on. Like, I'm not good at it. I get my ass kicked every time. It's like a lesson in humility, but I enjoy it because it's got like really unique, disconnected greens, and like you chip off the the, the twin towers, so that it's got like a never forget 9/11 plaque like in the corner. And it's like it's just like a weird. There's weird shots. Like I kind of want to play that. That you I don't see. get in like uh, on any other course, you know. And it's like there's one where you're like hitting into like uh, old like Aztec ruins, like up like mountains, and it's just like kind of like made up, but it's yeah, it's cool. so that is cool. I love that. Uh, who do you think would win like in that course, like me versus Josh? Oh, I don't know. Versus you. Well, he has kind of oh. seen us a little bit at one time. That's true. Yeah, probably. Uh, I, I I don't know who's the better golfer between you two. Just based, Just based off the looks, looks at yeah. this point, yeah. I've got to go. He really? seems like more of a golfer. Oh god. Am I wrong? <laughs> no. No, I would you're say not. You're wrong. <laughs> I would say you're very wrong. But he, he he's gonna say that you're wrong. Yeah. You're not. No, <laughs> you're not. Oh uh, whatever. 
uh, if you had to, if you had to change <laughs> the name, so. <laughs> yes, whatever. Um, you say if, you, if you had to change the name uh, Birdies and Brews to something else, if you just had to for some reason, what would it be? Oh, um, man, we workshopped a whole bunch. I didn't even come up with Birdies and Brews. Uh, I, I had a friend that just threw it in there, um, mm-hmm. and they just got kept getting around, and people kept liking it. Um, I always liked the sunken putt. Uh, I just thought it was just like whatever, but like I, I don't know. Like I, I would have mm-hmm. probably done something in that round, but like we workshopped a few, and they all just kind of felt weird. The more people just kept liking the birdies and brews, and it just kind of kept being a thing. So mm-hmm. very good. Uh, you had a question, yeah. dude. I'm done with our questions. Is that and, uh, it? That's okay. it. It's yeah. Right. So I've got to go to the bathroom. I'm Thank so you. Bad. Well, <laughs> so give us like one word. Give us one word. What like just any word? Don't matter. Bathroom, guns, guitars, and barbells. Thank you guys. Good night. Good night.